Blog Talk Radio. G's on the podcast. Everybody, September 3rd, 2017. You know, I love the month of September. It leads up to my favorite month of October and November and all that good stuff, man. It's a great time of the year. We got football coming back. Real happy about that. Basketball coming up pretty soon. Real happy about that. Not so much concerned with baseball. You know, my Giants had a bad year this year, so... I'm not really looking for the orange October, which I'm accustomed to. But boxing is year-round. And that's why we are here every week. Going to be here every week. Going to be consistent, as some people like to say, with the boxing news and updates and all that bullshit that goes around with this crazy sport that we have a, a certain liking to when it comes to the ins and outs of the snake pit of boxing in itself. So, uh Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all those around the world, wherever you may be. One coming from Central California. Smoke box is what it looks like right now. If I look outside with the crazy fire that we got that's going around here um, from the L.A. grapevine, I think it's about, from what I heard yesterday, it was two miles of, of uh, crops that's been burnt and it's been escalated up to six miles. Not sure where it's at right now, but if I look outside my window, it's very hot and it's very ugly outside. There's even uh, ash rain if there's something to come down with there. So it's a, a crazy world where we live in, as we once mentioned, and giving a, um, well wishes to everybody that's dealing with the, what they're dealing with in Texas. And um, out here we got crazy fires, and it's funny how we still have the uh, president of this country talking about Global warming's fake news. Read a book. Read a book. That could go a long way for a lot of people. Read a book and consider the source of what you're reading on. Always got to consider the source and pick up the book and, 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 and give the brain the brain food. But, hey, everything is going good in the sport of boxing. Not too long ago, I had an emergency podcast breaking down, thinking that some of these things weren't going to happen. Good thing I got Willow to keep me calm when... I tend to lose my screws that keeps my head on top of the shoulder sometimes. If I didn't have that guy, I don't know where I'd be right now. I'd probably still be writing on walls and, and all kind of shit about conspiracy theories, talking about what's going on in the sport of boxing. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's going good right now. So um, it's a good Sunday, having a good time. Just got my Starbucks with the white girl, having a, a lovely Sunday. And that's right, I go into Starbucks with my TMT gear looking like I don't belong there, ordering a drink that I customly designed called Bad and Bougie with four shots of espresso. And I, 
I'm not going to give you the recipe. You could you could DM me if you want, and I'll get you hype. But anyway, a lot of things we got to cover today. We're coming from a a good mood, a good day. And I can't discuss the rest of all this going on without my man who holds the tag team gold in the podcasting world with me that we consistently bring fuego to every week. People want to think that we got a big ego. When it comes down to it, who's making the right call? Who's telling you what it's going to be? You know what it is. The Outsiders of Boxing Podcast. And I want to take it to my man coming from the great state of Texas, Houston, Texas, D. Willow Wilson, a.k.a. Willow the King on social media. You can follow and definitely want to pick up some pointers from my man because he was the one who was calling a lot of these fights, such as myself. If if I get it wrong and he gets it right, we still get it right at the end of the day, so we're always right. <laughs> so uh, let's go to my man, D. Willow Wilson. What's going on with you, my man? I'm having a great Sunday. How you doing out there, my man? Oh, man. R.C., sounds like you had another terrific white Sunday. Um, I was, uh, you know, we, we're out here just trying to uh, trying to recruit from the flood, man, just doing a lot of volunteer work, just trying to help people out, uh, doing a lot of gunning, wearing masks, gunning mold, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But, you know, we're out there trying to, uh, you know, trying to bring Houston back. So, you know, as of today, you know, it's been a blessed Sunday, man. I couldn't complain. But, um you're a good but man. What, You're a good man. Also, but what also made me very happy is uh, this right here. I want to see, make sure y'all can hear this. Oh, what you got? Hey, to all my fans out there, let it be known worldwide that Nature Boy, woo, is back up and running. Look at as old as I can look. I want to tell all my fans out there, thank you for all the love and support. And I will see you in a very, 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 very near future. Woo! Man, I don't know if y'all can hear that too good, Woo! but that was my boy, Nature Boy. He's back. He's in better health. I don't know. I'm looking at it. I don't know how good of a, how good of health he's in, but he's alive. He's looking good so far. And, uh, you know, that brought a smile to my heart this weekend also as, uh, you know, to know that one of my favorite wrestlers, one of my favorite entertainers, uh, one of the guys that made it possible for guys like Floyd Mayweather, for guys like Conor McGregor to make this bank is the Nature Boy Ric Flair. So I'm glad that he's that he's up and well and, you know, salutes from uh, outside his podcast, The Boxing. We're out here. Oh, man. That, you know, man. That that not only brings a smile to you, man, that makes me real happy, man. When this whole thing was going down with Rick Flair having his issues that he was having, I was like, 2017, man, don't fucking do it, man. Don't do it. We can't lose a guy like Rick Flair. His, uh, I'm not sure what the date is. I have to look it up. But the uh, 30 for 30, the Nature Boy is supposed to be coming out pretty soon this year. And it would have been a real sad deal if they put that 30 for 30 out, which they've been working on since last year to come out when – if, if if the nature boy was somehow passed. But, you know, I've seen that video. Um, he looks like he's still recovering physically. And, um, you know, it's just good to see that that man is in good spirits because talk about an icon, a man who, who uh, as you said, paved the way for guys like Floyd Mayweather, turned his gimmick into a shoot and became the limousine riding jet flying. And, I mean, talk about one of the 
one of the goats in, in, in the business of wrestling and turned into a, a, a public figure in pop culture with the way he was handling his business with, with great quotes such as, to be the man, you got to beat the man. That goes in a whole lot of different correlations in sports. So, Ric Flair, man, much respect, much love coming from the Outsiders of Boxing podcast, and I'm glad that my man's in good spirits. Um, man, that, that, that really does bring a, a cherry on the cake today as, as how well things are going, and um, I'm, I'm real happy that Ric Flair is in good spirits. So, well, glad for that, my man, glad for that. Good one for you, Will. That sounded clear, by the way, too. You don't have to worry if it sounded a little bad or anything. That came in real nice, so that was some good shit for me, my man. Real classy. You got to stay classy, Will. Yeah, we're going to stay classy as, as much as possible. All right, well, let's get into business because, as I mentioned in the intro of this show, a guy that has been getting a lot of love on the pound-for-pound pound list in boxing today, which some we may not agree with, which some we may agree with. Boxing is always so much so. Uh, the fan base is, is always split, diverse, and maybe – it's for the good or the bad. We always have something to debate about. Um, Teddy Atlas, one who's put Lomachenko number one on the pound-for-pound pound list, in which Andre Ward and Terrence Bud Crawford gave him a, dude, where's my money at, look. And I can't say that he's not deserved it, of the number one ranking, because if you want to throw it out for discussion, sure, the guy's been doing pretty damn good. Took his lumps in his last fight, but let's be honest, it was from a headbutt, and he looked like a million bucks. But at the same time, we see guys like Bud Crawford and what he's doing, unifying divisions and putting on showtime performances. Andre Ward stopping the crusher, a man who's considered the most dangerous man in boxing, who actually has a body on his record. And moving up in, what, less than over a year and a half or some change like that and fighting a guy that Adonis Stevenson hasn't fought when they've both been in the same division for so long. One and two for me, Andre Ward and Bud Crawford, however you want to slice it. Floyd Mayweather, obviously when he came back for his cup of coffee and a return with Conor McGregor, hands down, consistent basis, number one, pound for pound, but I don't think anyone would want to even talk about that because of the circus involved at hand that he just had with Conor McGregor. But Vasily Lomachenko, a guy who I put around I think I, I think he he's uh, lucky to get number five for me in my pound-for-pound pound ranking, which is always mythical compared to every other's. But I think even if he wins this fight, a fight that I didn't think was going to happen, I thought he was going to be catered, protected, sheltered, hidden, all of the above from a guy like Guillermo Rigondeaux, mastermind in the ring. People say he's boring and he's so defensive that no one wants to see him. He got blackballed from boxing for a while because of his skills. Last fight he came in with a Mexican named Chucky, and he put his ass out in quick fashion. Gilmore Rigondeaux can give everybody problems. It depends what tools he wants to use in his toolbox, and if he decides to go offensively, but we've seen what happened in his last fight. Already touching the scales at 130. Very confident with his trainer that he has right now. And the game plan, as if they've been ready for Lomachenko. I'm sure that they got plan A, B, and C to the T. 
T's crossed, I's dotted, all that. When you're a guy like Gamal Rigandau, who's been shunned away from the big fights, to get this fight right here with Lomachenko, which Bob Arum confirmed will be going down in September in, in the Big Apple, it gives boxing fans hope that the way 2017 has been, that we can just keep it going, man. Let's keep this shit going, man. Like, Bob M, he learned the hard way when Gamble Rigandale ruined his plans with Nonito Donari. He suffered the business decision for putting his man in there with a guy like Rigandale. It happened. You get down, you get back up. It's not about to fall. It's about to rise. But some people don't see it that way. It takes it takes others longer than than usual to get to that certain level. We're seeing Oscar De La Hoya put his cash cow on the table coming up here in two weeks. Nonetheless, we got finally we have a fight that I didn't think was gonna happen. I was complaining about it a few weeks ago. Didn't think Bob Arum had the balls to put his man in there. We got Vasily Lomachenko, Mr. High Tech, Mr. Matrix, against El Chicago, Guillermo Rigandel. And I'm very, very, very hyped for this fight. We also got some other breaking news that we got to break on, too. But this one right here is just something that we talked about getting to on the last episode. And we got to kick off the show with this one because you know, you know how upset I was, Willa, when I was talking about the emergency podcasting with fights like this that I didn't think were going to happen. And now it's coming to fruition in December. What's your thoughts on this fight, my man? And what made you, uh, a second part to the question is what, what, what makes you think that the reasoning behind why Bob Arum decided to make this fight, knowing that he learned his lesson the hard way the first time with Nonito Donare and Guillermo Rigandau. He's going to give this guy a second chance at the pot and Guillermo Rigandau might play spoiler twice and once more again. Well, I, I think Bob Aram realizes that there is no money to be made. You know, he's only got a few big names to make the money. You know, with guys like Canelo, with guys like, let's say, you know, Wilder, there's, there's, way, there's other people that can fight to get them money. You know, like Floyd, there was a lot of people he could fight to get him money. He chose the weakest guy, Conor McGregor, right? But with Lomachenko, there's not a lot of guys that he can fight for the big money. And all the guys that he can fight for the big money are killers. So he chose the oldest one. Now, will that backfire? We're going to see. You know, um, I had a question. Uh, my man from, uh, I'm forgetting my man's name, off the, uh, the uh, OTG Facebook group, but he asked, he asked me, you know, if, if, um, Lomachenko win, does that put him at number one? And uh, being honest, I would say, you know, you have him at number five, Lomachenko. I could probably name five guys that have better, uh, that have got better resumes than him. You know, probably can name 10 guys. He's a bottom 10 guy, bottom eight through 12 guy to me. Rigandau having the same uh-huh. type of, Rigandau having the same type of resume, you know, is, the same it is it, in the same thing. He might be five through ten for me, right? So if he wins, 
he beats the guy, he would be like one of the only guys that have fought a top pound for pounder, right? And they've won. Whoever win that would be a top five pound for pound for sure. Would they be number one? No, because Andre Ward beat uh, Andre Ward, a top five, beat another top five guy pound for pound, you know, in everybody's list. So he stays number one. Boyd Crawford is unified. He's number two. And then from there on out, we'll see how it plays. You know, Lomachenko doesn't have the resume, but if he does, if he beats Rigondeaux, who is another pound for pound guy, um, I would definitely put him number three through five on my list. I'll have to just look at it a little more, but whoever wins this will be number three through five, probably number three. I would say right now they would be number three. Um, but, you know, I'm excited for this fight. It's a real good fight. Uh, I'm not going to make any picks today, you know, but I see it as a real good fight. We got an old Rigondeaux who just last, who, who his last fight just uh, beat up a big guy so bad that, uh, that he act like I think that was the fight where he act like he got hit behind the head or something. There was a little confusion about the uh, the Rigondeaux win, right? He might have even like they yeah. took the win away or something. I'm not remember. I just remember him whooping that guy so they bad that he act like he was yeah. hurt. Yeah, the guy act like he was knocked out. At oh the yeah, or something like that. And then uh, yeah, so you know after that, uh, it, uh, you know he did that last fight. He's showing that he's coming to bring that pain. Uh, uh, what's the name? Lomachenko might be a little bigger than him, but he just proved with those long ass arms, it's like his arms reached down to his chin, his chin. So with them long ass arms, uh, being tall doesn't really matter. He can still, still make space. And, uh, so, you know, it's going to be a good fight, but he's also an old ass dude. And Lomachenko is the real deal. I'm not going to, he's not pound for pound on my list now, but I've never said he wasn't the real deal and he is the real deal. But is he ready? You know, he wasn't ready for Salido not too long ago. So is he ready now for Rigondeaux? I don't know. We, we shall see. But I'm excited about this fight. And like you said, just maybe a month ago, you were uh, you had an SG meltdown, you know, sounding like everything, uh, woe is me, woe is boxing. But then boxing came back and <laughs> slapped you in the face with a taste of reality and let you know boxing ain't going nowhere. And, uh, and this is one of the best years that we've been having, that we've had in a long time. Jake you know, when Morgan, that happened. Shout uh, out to Jake Morgan. That's, that's his name. Yeah, I was that's just my man, Jake Morgan. I was just about to say. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Jake Morgan. He's one of the uh, one of the consistent guys on the Facebook group who, who uh, it definitely doesn't bring no bullshit to the table when he's talking about boxing. You can tell the man knows what he's talking about and, you know, has real questions. And I love real questions. I don't like people who just come on here and say some crazy shit, not on here on the show, but just on the uh, fan page and just kind of pop off the top of some crazy nonsense. So uh, much respect to that man and, and actually trying to have a conversation, so to speak, of what is what, is what and what's not. Um, but, you know, when you said I had the SG meltdown, you know, I was like, damn, I hope hosting a boxing podcast, this is not what it brings towards me because it, it kind of felt that way at a certain time. But, you know, Bob Arum, I feel like this might sound kind of fucked up to say, but I feel like he realizes the end is near for the Bob Father's prolific run as being the guy for top rank and, and putting so much fights together. This man is looking very old. Might be realizing some something, so to speak. You can only keep a man alive for so long. He's not Walt Disney going to be frozen and incarnated 
and brought back whenever the time's right. I think that he realizes now's the time to make these fights that he's been afraid to make his whole career as a as a promoter. So um, it's a good thing for us. Hopefully I'm wrong, and the man has longevity for much much longer, another 10 years, 15 years. Who knows how it goes? But Hey, hey, um, hey hold on, hold on, RC, RC, RC. I'm sorry. Something just come to me. It's just come to me. What's good? This all involves the boxing Illuminati sacrifice that we just saw. You know, Aram has Crawford. <laughs> Aram has his money guy, right? He's got his money guy. This is so true. So now Lomachenko has to put up or shut up. And that's what I think is happening. He's got his money guy, so he doesn't have to be so careful with Lomachenko. So let's put him in the money fight. If he wins, fuck it, I got two money guys. If he loses, I still got Bud Crawford, who will probably be in, in no time the top pound for pound boxer in the game. So it all goes down to Manny Pacquiao getting sacrificed. It all rolls back to that. You know, Crawford is his guy, and I think that's exactly why he did it. So uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it just came to me. Oh, no. You know, I thought, yeah, so. No, you're good, man. And, um, you know, if you want to dig deeper down the the hole of the Illuminati conspiracy that Bob Aram's got going on, it works out perfectly because Manny Pacquiao was scheduled to fight Jeff Horn in November, but with some of the obligations he has in being a senator or whatever he is, he's got a lot of business piled up to where November was a bad date and they could not make the rematch happen November 11th because Manny Pacquiao was tied up. He put boxing as a secondary. And if you look at it, what has boxing done to him now? Put him as a secondary. So Jeff Horn don't have to worry about a rematch with Pacquiao. It's off the table. So now they could go right back into what they want to do with the whole plan aligned alone. I'm sure Bob Aaron was like, you know, if I make this fight happen with Jeff Horn and Pacquiao, I'm going to put some money in the judges' pockets, whether he did or did not, because there's people that would debate that Jeff Horn actually won that fight. Me, personally, I thought Pacquiao edged it out by a round or two. But when the decision came in, wasn't surprised much. Definitely wasn't surprised much. If there was a reaction camera, if I was doing a, a live show on YouTube, like some of these clowns out there, just to get attention from themselves, attention whores in the sport, you would have seen my reaction, and I wasn't surprised at all when the, re- when, the, when, the, when the final scorecards were announced. Not at all. Not the least bit. It's happened before. It'll happen plenty more coming towards the future. But now it seems like Bud Crawford even tweeted out that he wants it all. Hashtag 147. And what's a good money fight to make for Bud Crawford? Well, you got Jeff Horn who's looking like fresh fish on the lot. Everybody looks like they want to get a piece of this guy. And you might be 100% spot on, Willa. When that fight happens, I expect everybody listening to the show to give you full credit when it's going to be Horn Crawford. Maybe that's how they'll put it because he's the champ. Should be Crawford Horn. We'll see how it goes down. But hey, hey, but Crawford. And put your money, yo, yo. Put your money on Manny Pacquiao. I mean, my fault. Put your money on Jeff Horn if they do fight, if Manny Pacquiao is supposed to happen. Manny Pacquiao Horn is supposed to happen. He's saying it's in the Philippines. Hey, put your money on Horn. Put your money on Horn, man. I'm not going to personally put my money on Horn, but I'm just going to say put your money on Horn. 
Because, and if he does, hey, it was a double sacrifice. That means Pacquiao's done. And, uh, yeah, yep. it's going to be tough. But that's, that's what I see happening, man. And like you said, we called it. The writing's on the fucking wall, man. And sometimes it takes people longer than others to see through the myth. But you were spot on with that, my man. That's why, hey, that's why we've been holding these straps for a while when it comes to boxing podcasting. So, uh, Jeff Horn, in a very privileged position right now. Johnny on the spot, all that. Good fighter. He's not like he's a bum. If he was a bum, even Bob Aram's money in the judges' pockets wouldn't have gotten that win. So, give him a little bit of credit. I know that the Manny Pacquiao fans in the world are some of the most delusional fans in boxing. I mentioned before that I was a Manny Pacquiao fan. Do I admit that when Alex Ariza was in his corner that he was doing some wrongful things? No, but I don't deny them at the same time. I think everybody's doing a little something to get a a bigger edge. But that's for another day to speak on. But when it comes down to it, everybody has a a light at the end of the tunnel. And Manny Pacquiao seen that, man. You know, um, my man Seattle Sime likes to say, when you disrespect the sport, it disrespects you back. And it's funny when he mentioned that because I remember he mentioned that two or three years ago back on the old podcast. And I always had a phrase coined for it similar to that where I used to say, if you put boxing on the back burner, boxing puts you on the same back burner. And that just goes to show on your back. when people don't take the, Yeah, it, it goes to show when things like that happen, when you, Ronda Rousey, for example, that bitch was on top of the world. Dana White talking about she's going to beat Floyd Mayweather. And no good... Cue ball head, no lip having motherfucker was talking about she gonna beat Floyd Mayweather because she was on top of the world. She was getting movie roles, and um, uh, I can't think of the name of the movie right now. But she was all over the place, Sports Illustrated, butt ass naked with her, not really having much to expose body, all that type shit, and just got too hyped. She put the she put the sport on the back burner, and when she got in there with a a woman who was game. Got knocked the fuck out. It happens, man. This is the sport of not only boxing, but in combat sports in general. If you do put yourself on a higher pedestal than you belong to be, it's not so sure that the legs underneath you will keep it stable. Conor McGregor found that out the hard way. It happens all the time. My man Adrian Broner found that out the hard way. Roy Jones Jr. found that out the hard way. Antonio Tarver, the man who beat Roy Jones Jr., doing movies and shit afterwards. Found that out the hard way. It's a slippery slope. But Manny Pacquiao was doing some of the same things. You, 2009, 2010, when Manny Pacquiao was taking these dudes to Rough House, Freddie Roach was still concerned about these things. But, you know, those protein shakes kept him looking right knocking out big guys, busting up guys like Antonio Margarito and all that, and Manny Pacquiao's the goods. You know, everyone loves the Asian in sports whenever they come out and they are doing big-time work. Look at Jeremy Lin, for example, back when he was in New York. 
blend sanity. I'm not trying to be racist or anything, but it's true facts. Everyone likes an Asian guy. Manny Pacquiao was your typical friendly-looking Asian guy, the smiling assassin, executioner, whatever you want to call it. But ever since my man got knocked out big time and everything, all of that correlates down to where he's at today. It's a big-time E60 video whenever the career's hung up, losing to guys like Jeff Horn, Tim Bradley, and all that shit. Not to mention that Tim Bradley lost the first time they had he held up his ring walk just so he could finish watching the Boston Celtics playoff game. Goes back to what we were saying. Put the sport on the back burner. It'll put your ass on the back burner, too. You think those judges want to be there any longer than they got to be? Nobody want to stay working longer than they have to just because you want to do something your way. Don't work like that. Boxing's been going on for a long time. No one's going to acquiesce to things you want to do and pander to your schedule. So Bob Arum's a winner in this one because he might have been like, you know what, fuck, man, I got to give Manny a rematch because that's my guy and I can't seem like I'm fucking him over even though I did twice before and I got to give him a rematch and hopefully Manny don't come out and knock this guy out. Hopefully Jeff could bully him a little bit more and bust his head up and get another 12-card win. But now he don't have to worry about that. Pacquiao is busy, as I'm sure he scheduled once in advance. Just like guys like David Stern, Adam Silver, things like that. So much respect to Bob Arum with the brilliant mind that this old man still has. Because now Crawford looks like he's moving up. And it looks like Will is going to be spot on with the Crawford versus Horn fight for the title. Get Crawford one strap real quick. And then after that, who knows what happens. Because 147 is filled with killers. As mentioned by one guy, Amir Khan, <laughs> the man with the Chin Master 3000 and also a more powerful left hand because he had surgery on it or whatnot, and now he's got some pins in there with 70% more power than he had before. He told Bud Crawford that it's a bad decision moving up to 147. You might get hurt. <laughs> I don't know if this guy believes a lot of the stupid shit he says, but you know, we could we could add on to a whole lot of shit. Moses Flores, a guy that you mentioned, uh we mentioned, the Mexican that they called Chucky, which was a guy that got knocked the fuck out by Guillermo Rigandow, played the part to escape from the harsh reality of the fact that you were so much bigger than this midget and you got your ass worked. Real quick. Real proper. Real fucking quick. But, you know, talking about what's going on in the future on 147, Errol Spence still looking for a fight. Report saying that he's going to have a fight coming in December or January. And I think you mentioned it on the Facebook page, Willa, that it's looking like it's going to be Lamont Peterson. I see a secondary option being Louis Colazzo. And when you mention those two names fighting the truth coming from Texas, Earl Spence, the first thing that came to mind was dead men walking. Maybe they'd want to tap out real quick like Algeria did against Earl Spence because Lamont Peterson, 
seeing his best days. Best days are behind him. Louis Collazo, I'll probably beat the shit out of him if I got a good training camp going on with Willa in my corner as, as my custom motto. But with those two guys coming up and Earl Spence, how are you feeling about that? Do you think any of these two guys can give him any kind of good rounds? It feels like that's what you want to get for Earl Spence is getting some rounds, but I don't know if these two guys are the, the ones to do it. To me, it seems like nobody's picking up the call for Earl Spence, but nonetheless, it is still news coming forward. How you feeling about that killer coming from Texas, Willie, with these two fights ahead of schedule looking like December or January? Well, I think uh, it's going to be uh, my man Spence. Like you said, I, like we'll just start started off keeping 100. These these two guys are just going to be some easy work. You know, maybe not just it. You know, let them get a few rounds in, just some easy work for uh, before the KO. But I think uh, Lamont Peterson has a WBA. He's the WBA champ. I saw Lamont Peterson last fight. He looked all right. Um, can't remember exactly who he fought, but I remember him throwing some good shots. Same old Lamont Peterson, except he had on some extra, extra tight ass uh, pants. I remember being wondering why the hell was his short so short and tight. But and he, he might have been wearing purple or something like that. But you know. Um, Colazzo, you know, he's a hard fight. He likes to, you know, he likes to throw. I think they'll both be exciting fights. Um, I think it, uh, Spence would have to do some work to beat both of these guys, but it would be easy work at the same time. You know, similar to how Floor, uh, how Ward beat up Kovalev, you know, Turned to easy work. Kovalev was hitting him because he was throwing and he was punching. He was a little bigger. He punched a little harder. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be easy work. So um, I'll make my uh, official prediction now when they go when they announce the fight. But we should be looking for, like, a early early this year, uh, next year fight from uh, Spence. And I'm always looking forward to it. He's a guy that's climbing up. I don't know if he's pound for pound yet. He's with Lomachenko in that same 8 to 12 area for me. Um, he hasn't really done too much, but uh, he's got a belt now, so let's see how let's see how it goes. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, Louis Colazzo is a guy who probably hangs his boxing career hat on the fact that he had Keith Thurman so hard at one point, a guy who's Basically, the top of the 147s had him almost ready to go if he had a few more a few more seconds, maybe a minute left on the clock. Who knows what could have happened. Lamont Peterson, like I said, seen his best days. He had a good uh, final three rounds against Danny Garcia, but still lost eight. When it comes to Earl Spencer, you're talking about a dangerous man. A guy who we mentioned before, when he was still green, still considered green today. But two years back, knocking Adrian Bronner out on his feet in sparring. And not only that, giving a black eye to Floyd Mayweather in the Mayweather gym and getting kicked out. Now, let's just take it off subject real quick, Willa. Let's pretend 
you were one of those guys who's been getting a lot of press, uh, the security guards of Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I forget these guys' names, but uh, the guys that Conor McGregor considered the two juice head turkey and the other two big dudes. If you were in the Mayweather gym, Willa, and he gave Floyd that black eye and Floyd said, man, you got to kick him out, kick him out right now. What would you say to Earl Spence? Let's, let's pretend I'm Earl Spence right now and you're the security who's got to kick Earl Spence out. What would you say to Earl Spence while directing him towards the exit sign in the Mayweather gym? How would you go about it? I bet it would be like that. <laughs> oh, my I don't know man, what I'd yeah. say either. <laughs> now, what I would say is that, um, you know, I would give him, probably give him a, an aggress- a, a slightly aggressive push out and let him know that he had a bright future ahead of him. You know, it would be <laughs> no hate for me. You know, he just put in some work. That's what the work is for, you know. So I wouldn't be upset. But Floyd be like, did you throw him I'll out? I'll make it look like Like that. how <laughs> Floyd said, did you throw him out? Like Uncle Phil used to throw out jazz on the Fresh Prince. You let him know that wasn't cool, right? I mean, I might, I might even do that. Hey, if he gave me the eye, I might even throw him out like that. But I would let him know, you know, it was all in just and that, you know, that he had a bright future. You know, maybe as I threw him out, you know, I wouldn't throw him as hard, maybe not 15 feet, but I'd throw him like three feet. Ah, hey, you got a bright future, kid. Ah, throw him out of there. Scrape him up a little bit. And, you know, send him on his way, you know. You know, he, he, he's the future, man. It was obvious. That if he gave uh, Floyd that black eye, uh, it was, you know, he's obvious the future. And the future is looking bright for boxing, you know, with him yeah, and these other fighters coming up. So. Uh, now, you're a big guy, Willa. You you could do that kind of stuff. I might have to just, you know, pull him by the wayside. Like, hey, well, you know, you got to respect the champ, young fella. You got a lot to learn now. I might not have gave him that jazz throw, but, you know. I might have gave him that red carpet on the way to the street that's out there in the Chinatown district outside the strip of the MGM. So uh, I was just wondering <laughs> on that because I don't know what it would have been like <laughs> if you got to kick out a guy who gave a man who calls himself TVE a black eye and sparring headgear and all, big gloves and all that. But um, speaking of big, I don't want to name the source of who I've heard this from, but uh, I have a real close source to the Luis Ortiz camp out in Miami, Florida, which mentioned a few days ago when I had posted on social media, because it's not confirmed completely right now, but it's confirmed. Know that we always make good predictions here on the Outsiders of Boxing podcast, but know that this fight is confirmed and it will happen. Not sure what the date will be, but it will be in November. Heavyweight madness coming down with the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, Deontay Wilder, going against a man who's been considered the dark horse of the heavyweight division in Luis King Kong Ortiz. When I seen this going on, got the text message. Like, man, I I can't wait to see it being confirmed. He's in the camp. It's confirmed. It's going to go down. They're just uh, figuring out the logistics of money and all this and that because Berman Stavern will get step-aside money, but nothing's written in stone as of today. But know that this fight is going to go down, man. 
You got Deontay Wilder in the big fight that everybody said he's afraid to go down with. Shout out to Kevin Blatt. He's been holding it down for Deontay Wilder on the group page. And now he's going against a man in which everybody knows I've been riding with Luis Ortiz from the start. King Kong has been an absolute animal, Southpaw Cuban. However, 38 on paper, on paper. I love Cubans, good people. But sometimes we put different numbers where they should be. And I think that will be a key factor, not only that, but with the WBC having a lot of testing. Well documented, Luis Ortiz failed a drug test some moons back. But nonetheless, this fight will definitely be the lead-up fight for the winner of this fight to take on Anthony Joshua, which will be big time, big time, big time next year. Hopefully we can get that on a Cinco de Mayo date. Or another day leading towards that. But this is heavyweight madness that we've been waiting for, man. We've been having guys in the heavyweight division that should fight each other, should have this going down. You got you got Wilder, you got Ortiz, you got John or um you got Anthony Joshua, you got Big Baby Miller, you got Tony Bellew, you got even Andre Ward talking about going up to heavyweight, maybe facing Bellew. The heavyweight division is where it's always been at, the head of the snake. And it looks like we're going to have a goddamn fight coming up in November. And I'm putting my credibility on the line by saying that to all those thinking that this fight will not happen for certain reasons. If there's a reason that it won't happen, it'll be the same way that it went down with Alexander Povetkin, which I don't think will happen. I think Ortiz is smarter than that. But barring that, this fight will go down in November. Wilder, Ortiz, madness in the heavyweight division. How you feeling about that, Willa? Because I, I mentioned it, I posted it, and just know that it's coming from a very close source. The man who actually, uh, he actually works with Floyd Mayweather on the side. Not in the money team, but involved with some other side business that's going out there. My boy Johnny knows what's up out there in MIA. This is a good source. I'm not going to give a last name or anything like that. Just consider it a, a credible source. Wilder Ortiz is going to go down, man. What you think about that, Willie? Oh, that, that's uh, that's definitely great for boxing, man. That would uh, you say that's supposed to be going down in when? November, December. November eleventh. November no, November eleventh is looking like the date. Uh, it might be a week before that. Or it might be a week after that, but that is the that's the yeah. shooting spot. That's right what there. they're trying to think. Yeah, that would be that would be an excellent way to end the year off, man. We're talking about two uh, two big name heavyweight, uh, you know, in a in a division that's up for grabs at this moment to see who's the kingpin, and uh, you know, this will it will uh, dwindle it down to uh, two guys, you know, since Fury I think has retired again. You know, finally, maybe for the last time, who knows? But I believe he said he retired again. So, you know, they'll leave it down to two guys for the top. You keep on naming this guy Big Baby Miller, but you know he's, you know he's uh, a B minus fighter. You know, so I don't know why you keep on mentioning him. But you know, you did name Joshua and Wilder and Ortiz. You know, these are the guys that, that people want to see fight. And if this has happened, uh, much credit to 
to Wilder for showing everybody he's not scared. Um, uh, Ortiz, you know, I don't know if I'm I'm giving him much credit, but you know, because he's taking all fights because he needs to get paid. Like you said, he's thirty, he's high thirty uh, on officially on paper, but who knows? You know, he's he's been he's used <laughs> yeah. boards before, so you know, I'm not gonna make my prediction, you know, as always, but it'll be a good fight, and I will be pretty hyped for that. That is something that you know, if it's in Tuscaloosa, I might go try to check that out. It'll be real cheap. Oh yeah, yeah. We ain't asking for no predictions, man. We'll keep that for another day. But when when something like that comes in, because it's always every day, you wake up and and you get some boxing news. I got Seattle Slime who's oh, consistently throwing a lot of messages at me with boxing news all over the place. He says he's retired, but he's working like. Uh, Wojnarowski for the NBA. Like this guy is just always all over the place. And when I told him that fight, he was actually real hyped about it. But um, it's a big fight in which, if you asked me about this fight a year ago, I'd probably say I think King Kong will whoop his ass. Um, but you know, Father Time is undefeated. We've seen that with Bernard Hopkins getting uppercutted out the fucking ring against Joe Smith Jr. And who knows how old. Luis, Luis Ortiz really is 38 on paper, as we mentioned. He has a, a old tease. I know you called him that old tease. He uh, has the look in his face that he's uh, got a lot of miles on him. Uh, there's a, a lot of intricacies that go into this fight with him being a Southpaw, Southpaw Cuban who can actually box but with power. He's not going to be like the drummer boy. Eric Molina, he's not going to be like some of these guys that Wilder's been in the ring with. However, I always consider Deontay Wilder to have the possibility of being a late bloomer. Started boxing at the age of 18 to take care of his daughter. Much respect. Much respect. He's a great man who, sure, he might be in a privileged position, but he still wants to make shit happen. You don't see him avoiding questions when it comes to fighting certain people like one Adonis Stevenson. Wilder wants to make these fights happen, but, you know, you got to listen to the genius of Val Heyman. Al Heyman knows how to make money. And with somebody with a track record like Al Heyman, I'm listening to that fucking guy, regardless of what I want to do. One thing, I'm, I'm really excited about this fight, though. Uh, when it goes down, um, when it gets marked, whether it be November 11th, or the 19th, whatever you want to call it, whatever the date will be, just know that this shit's going to go down and it's not going to – this is no fake news. I got real credible sources involved in here, and I can't wait to see that fight happen. But, uh, uh, man, talk about great for the sport of boxing. Just puts a caveat on top of everything we've had this last year, not to mention the Lomachenko-Rigo fight in December. It keeps coming, man. I hope it keeps going down like this because, man, this is a fight we've been asking for for a while for Deontay Wilder, having a lot of voluntary defenses and whatnot, taking advantage of, of, of the situation. So it's all good, but, um, you know, let's go to a caller right now, Willa, and see what uh, they got to say about this whole situation going down, whether they believe in it or not. Let's see what they're talking about. All right, 310. 310, you're on Oxider Boxing Podcast. What's up? 
310-310-3310. Talk to me, man. What's going down? Hey, fellas. Hey, fellas. What's good, y'all? Uh, man, glad to hear you guys renegade from the uh, the old show, even though I did enjoy that. Um, man, really, I, I want to be careful with this thing we're doing with the Rigo Lomo, Lomachenko fight, man. I don't know for sure that we want to be calling out a dude so much bigger than an old uh, reactive counterpuncher. You know, Rigo's the type of puncher that that's a, um, he's going to let you do your thing, then he's going to get his off. And Lomachenko's the type of dude that doesn't really give you that that window for that that big right hand to come in, or and I, I just want to be sure. And Lomachenko's a lot bigger than him, and it seems like Lomachenko's really growing into like the 135. And Rigo's, you know, questionably like you talked about the Cubans earlier, uh, you know, whatever numbers on that paper that could be mostly giving a few years. So this could be a near 40 year old dude versus a, yeah. a prompt. Yeah phenomenal fighter. So, man, are we sure we want that? No, no, no we definitely want mention. it. Oh, yeah, we want it. One thing I want to mention, though, caller, yeah, um, I'm not sure you're going to three when I look up. I want to mention one thing, and then Willa could add on what he was going to say right now. If there's a time to get rigging down, it's now. We said that about a year ago. If there's a time to get Rigo, get a big name, on your resume, it's now. But it's all about who's going to do that. So uh, I just want to mention that. It, it, it's smart for Lomachenko to get it going down right now. But um, who knows how it goes down. You're right about that. And why I mentioned that, now is the time. If you want to get somebody like Rigondeaux, you want to get that You want to get that head on your list, man. Because it, 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 to me, it seems like if a guy like where Lomachenko's at in his career right now, the man's only got nine fights. Uh Still got plenty of gas in the tank compared to the other side of the fence. Not so much so. But now's the time to get Rigo. Willa, go ahead with you. We're going to go on. No, I was going to say that we're definitely looking forward to it. And, and just to, you know, you might be right. Rigo might be too old. But he is a powerful pound boxer in the game. So to watch two guys that are, rank, uh, that are arguably top 15 guys in boxing, you know, to watch them fight. You know, if he wins, he wins. You know, Rigo, he's only got, what, nine or ten fights himself. You know, so he waited this long. It's not his fault. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, he he's the reason why he hasn't been fighting. He's the reason why people don't want to see him fight. You know, it's all it, it's all on Rigondeaux, so he can't be mad. I'm not going to be mad if Lomachenko uh, works his old ass, but I don't know if he's going to work him. Lomachenko isn't seasoned either, and, you know, so – We'll see. Rigondeaux seems more seasoned, and sometimes that seasoning it can beat that youth. So we're going to see. I, you know, I'm hyped for it. So I, know, I know you're. Here's, Go ahead. Here's what I'm worried about, though, guys, is because, so say Lomo, Loma does come in there and he works him over. Now the Lomo fanboys are going to be like, I told y'all. I told y'all. Now what we have to do to be fair in this, if we're going to be calling out uh, we're going to be calling them and saying he's ducking Rigo and Rigo wants him, then we got to be able to say if Loma works him over, it's validation then. And so I'm not ready to say that Rigo is the validating factor for Lomachenko's career this early. Because as we know, like you talked about Father Time earlier, RC, and like we've seen with Bernard, you know, um, that shit could come out of nowhere and it comes fast. 
And so if we see Loma oh, yeah. come in here mop the floor with his ass, are we going to be like, yep, Lomo's that good? Or are we going to be acting like some little hoes, like, oh, nah, man, that wasn't shit. That was an old man. See, we can't do that. So let's be sure who we call out for this man. Oh, 100%. 100%, my man. I agree with you on that. It, it, it goes to the uh, it goes to the uh, boxing standards that we have and involved with, as we mentioned before, a man talking about consistency. You got to be consistent with it. If he does come out and mop Rigo, on, if he mops him up, man, you know that the, the fan base of the Rigan, or, uh, of the Lomachenko fan base is going to be going bananas. They're going to go nuts over this fight. And at the same time, you got to give credit where it's due, but Rigo hasn't shown that he's slowed down that much, especially coming off his offensive slaughter of Flores coming in his last fight. Um, but at the same time, it leaves the you question to be both, answered. RC. You can't have both, RC. You can't have both. So which is it? It does. It does. It, you're right about that. I will definitely give him credit if he wins, no matter what. If it was any fight that I thought was going the other way, if I would have thought Ndongo would beat the shit out of, of Terrence Crawford, then he did full credit given. But he, I never thought about that. I always thought it was going to be one way or the other. You got to take it. You got to be on your slave for whatever it is. Me personally, I think that Rigondeaux will take him to school. If he doesn't, I'm going to give Lomachenko full credit. I'm not going to say that, oh, well, I put him at number five if he won this fight. But the way he looked yesterday and, and mopped the floor with him, oh, he's number, he's number two, number three, number one. No, 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 no. There's always going to be guys who have much more put in front of him. And we've seen Lomachenko struggle with a rough and rugged fighter like Orlando Salido. So, is that him being too green at the time for that fight? I don't think so. Uh, he's shown wrinkles in his game, but at the same time, a fighter is who they are. And when it comes down to it, when the when the lights are the brightest, and this fight will have some bright-ass light, we'll see what it does. Guillermo Rigondeaux, I don't think that he's going to be uh, so much so struggled. We've seen him have problems. I forget the Asian fighter's name who had Rigondeaux in big trouble back in the day, uh, and, and that's saying a lot, being in deep water with the Asian fighter because some of these guys might be boxers when they're over there in Japan, but when they come to America, they turn into brawlers, such as Yoshiro Kamagai. But if Lomachenko mops the floor with him, sure, he's pretty good. I, I mean, I don't think that he's one of the best fighters in the game. I know that he might be... Um, worthy of top 10, but we still got so much fighters ahead of him when it comes to resumes. But if he does do it, it'll be a smart business decision. Bob Aram will look like that guy for taking a risk with his number two guy and having two fighters under the top rank label that will be in the top 10 pound for pound. Um, it, it doesn't take away any of the factor. And if he does get schooled, let's say he gets shut. Let's say he gets, uh, you know, let's say he gets work for eight rounds, but he still shows some moments. You'd be like, all right, he took a loss to a, a savvy vet who knows how to make tough fights for guys who want to do certain things. Um, it, it's going to be different for a counterpuncher like Gamma Rigondeaux. But if he does do it, you don't, I don't think that you throw Lomachenko that far back, even though taking an L to a guy like Gamma Rigondeaux, from which who knows how old he really is, we mentioned. But I don't think – it goes both ways. If he wins the fight, I don't think that you put him so much so forward. And if he loses, I don't think you put him so much so backwards, if that makes any sense. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, 
fight being a lot like um, in a bad case circumstance where we see Ringadale lose. I see this fight being a lot like a uh, Joe Calzaghe, Bernard Hopkins, where, you know, and, and I think Lomachenko may end up being somewhat like a cow slappy, if you will, because, uh, you know, he's kind of <laughs> slappy and he got all the goddamn angles in the world and all the punch variation you could think of. But, you know, it's just not a lot behind it. And as he goes up and waits and gets a little older, it's really not going to be any better. And so it's just going to be a slap fest, and guys will kind of just submit under the, you know, the slaps, per se. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. I think it could possibly be a lot like that. Uh, one thing I want to throw out there is that definitely it could be like that. But one thing I've noticed from from Lomachenko's game, not nitpicking or anything like that, just something I see in his game. He needs a new defensive coordinator, if we're talking analogies. The man takes a lot of shots more than he should have, than what people really want to acknowledge. His defense ain't that great, man. And when it comes to a guy as sharp and precise as Gamble Rigondeaux, well, that's why I'm leaning towards Gamble Rigondeaux. I really think that Lomachenko has – everybody has flaws. Everybody in the game has flaws, no doubt. But I think Lomachenko's flaws are kind of being minimized from the boxing fans out there who put him so high on a pound-for-pound list. I think that when it comes down to a big fight like this, sometimes some of those flaws get exposed more than they have in certain fights where, you know, Lomachenko is, you know, pretty much backing himself in a corner and telling a guy come over here like he had in his last fight on ESPN. Uh, You could do that and get away with certain guys, but um, that's pretty much one of my main factors in this fight coming up is that I think that Lomachenko uh, definitely needs – a new defensive coordinator. My man takes more shots than he should have against lesser competition. And when it comes down to Gamble Rigondeaux, not the most offensive killer in the game, as we all know, but a precise sharp puncher. And if he's, you know, if the guy's coming in as hungry as he is being blackballed like Colin Kaepernick, when it comes down to some of these big fights that he didn't get because uh, ruining the, 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 the plans of a guy like Al Haim or um, Bob Aram with uh, Nonizo Donare and things like that. And, kind of just having a Mayweather effect times two with a defensive style fighter that people don't want to see. I think that when it, it comes in a big fight like this, it could be a main factor. And um, uh, Lomachenko, is he the goods? He could be. Do I think he is? Mm, he's a good fighter. He's a really good fighter, but I don't think he's nowhere near top five talent. Um, I, I say that he could be number five if he wins this fight but that remains to be seen. So um, it's definitely a fight where the styles are going to make this one 100%. And uh, we'll see how it goes, man. But um, it's definitely a fight that's intriguing. Like Willis said, we want to see it. We want to see this fight. Absolutely, man. If I could get one more uh, thing off, man, uh, I'm highly disappointed. You know, I'm a, I'm a black dude. So, of course, I was kind of uh, pom-poming for PBC to be successful. And not just for that, but only because it was just more boxing how I looked at it for free. So that that always seemed like a good thing. But I I gotta be honest with myself here, man. Um, like a, a fighter like Errol Spence, there's a bunch of other fighters, but a dude like Errol Spence, um, just imagine if he had been brought along how Lawler and K2 brought along Golovkin. I mean, man, do you see? I mean, you, these guys just do not work off any momentum the fighter builds up. I mean, the kid had an awesome outing uh, early this year, and you're just not going to see him anymore. That's fucking terrible, man. So I'm just saying there is a difference. There's levels to the shit when it comes to the promotion and how you bringing along your fighter, and they really dropping a ball on Arrow. 
Man, man, I feel you on that. The, uh, it, you know, when it comes to promotion-wise, people want to wonder why Sergey Kovalev got so much less money than Andre Ward did in their rematch fight. You know, before the the whole thing went down and Andre Ward whooped his ass, before all that, a lot of people were like, oh, man, Andre Ward's robbing him. He's getting 6.5, whatever he got, and Kovalev's getting pennies just to have this fight happen. Well, you blame that on the promotion. Main event? Who the fuck is main event? And what have they done to promote Sergey Kovalev? Nobody knows Sergey Kovalev outside of true boxing heads. Sergey Kovalev, a guy who, before he got stopped by Andre Ward in his last fight, he was still number three or number four, I believe, on the top ten pound-for-pound ranking when he was beaten by Andre Ward previously in November. Promotion is really a problem in boxing, man, especially if you're not with the big dogs like, uh, you know, Al Hammond. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily put Oscar De La Hoya in that category because all he really has is one golden pony. Um, but, yeah, man, that definitely is a problem. And Earl Spence, like I said earlier in the show, man, people aren't picking up the calls, man. And that's a problem, man. You got to find somebody out there like uh, it makes sense for a Louis Calabro. You know, he's game. Um, he's been in the ring with some tough guys who we probably shouldn't have been in there with. Um, also, uh, Lamont Peterson. But it, it, it really is a shame, as you mentioned, because Earl Spence should be that guy coming up really, 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 really soon. Um, a guy who uh, has a mentality of anybody, anytime, any place, as he just showed on display with uh, taking care of chocolate brownies with uh, Special K Brook. Um, but, yeah, that's a guy who definitely needs to get that star power. It, it, I don't think it's a, a big issue with his personality. He is. Um, we've seen in a fight such as uh, Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko, you can have a big outcome of a fight without any shit-talking and mutual respect being given. That fight did big numbers. Dudes both got 20 mil plus. Um, so I don't think that the, the humbleness of Earl Spence is a problem. He don't need to go out there and act like Adrian Broner, act like Floyd Mayweather, and, and things like that, kind of putting on promotional cuts like Jarrell Big Baby Miller and things like that. But my man... His his hands do the talking, no doubt. And um, I just really want to see Earl Spence make a big jump forward because the guy's been doing everything the right way, 100% been doing everything the right way. One thing, if I would critique anything about Earl Spence, it would stay away from Adrian Broner. He's been hanging out with AB uh, recently, and it looks like they've both been swimming with a lot of chlorine in the pool, if you look at their eyes. And I, I don't think Adrian Broner's the the right guy to have a, a influence on boxing moving forward towards. So that's the only thing I could really critique Earl Spence on. He's uh, somebody who's got all the tools in the making, just like Bud Crawford. Bud Crawford uh, got a little bit more of that uh, silent killer goon in him than Earl Spence. Earl Spence is a real humble kid. I love that kid a lot, man. Really good kid. Um, but you're right, man. The promotion needs to get to work. And hopefully with the way that the thing's going right now in boxing, we, we're past the Cold War days. We've been past that. The Cold War days was just a step to where we're at today. But Earl Spence definitely needs to get on the ball. And it's not on him. It's his promotion. And um, sure, a fight with Algeria, the way he stopped him was excellent. The way he took care of Kell Brook was excellent. But moving forward, 
Hey, man, it's really unfortunate that Earl Spence, or um, excuse me, Keith Thurman is injured right now because I don't think Keith Thurman's scared of nobody. I think he's a, um, I think he's ready to go. But um, if we could get that taken care of, Earl Spence coming up in the future, give him one or two fights, and then let's get this Keith Thurman ball rolling, man. It's got to get going. Earl Spence is that guy. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Yes, sir, man. Well, thank you guys for having me, man. I look forward to uh, calling in in weeks to come. Uh, most definitely, man. Appreciate, Appreciate the call, my man. St- stick with us, man. We uh, we definitely renegated from the uh, the dictatorship of the old podcast which you have. Man, you know, I miss those days, too. But at the same time, we are free now. We have no restraints, no restrictions, no whenever we have something to say, being muted and being talked down to or anything like that. We, uh, we're, we're doing it on our own now. And we still have some of the same guys with us here. Seattle Sign called in a few weeks ago. We still got Janelle rocking with us, Steve from the 843. Uh, hopefully everything's all good with him and uh, my boy over here. But we still got everybody rocking with us. Uh, uh, still in contact with Nino and Patty, and uh, maybe we'll have some of these guys come on the show whenever they're uh, ready to get off the leash from an SG uh, post that's been holding them back. But, um, you know, uh, appreciate the call, my man. Really do appreciate you guys out here because when – when OTG died in the water, um, people were wondering, why don't some of you do some of your show? Like, let's keep it going. We don't necessarily need a host to um, – the, the host that we had to try to keep this thing going. Me and me and Willa, we decided to make this ball rolling, and it's, it's for you guys, man. We love this shit, man. We love interacting with the fans and everybody. Uh, Troy Thirgrill, uh a guy that's also active on this page, and it's like, yo, man, you guys are good people, man. We love it. It's for the box, man. It's barbershop talk. We could, me and Willa, damn near feel like we're in the barbershop sometimes to not even get a haircut. We're just here to talk to you guys. So appreciate the call, my man. Stay rocking with us, and we're gonna rock with you. Ah. But anyways, however, Willa, eight days later, eight days later, man. From the whole circus that we had with Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. A lot of people, you have dummies out there who say, oh, the fight was rigged. The fight was rigged. Conor was uh, holding punches back. I've seen pages, actual sources talking about Conor McGregor held punches back, like if they're working a WWE match. Foolery. I don't know about that. I just think a guy was trying to outbox a master, and, you know, if you try to. If you try to, if you try to look more, uh, if you try to look like more of a, a technical beast, basketball, baseball, tennis, soccer, with somebody more superior than you, you're gonna try to look the part more than you are the part. That's what I felt about Conor McGregor. I really worried about that guy. I never was. We knew it was gonna end in knockout. You called it in the tenth. I was calling it earlier. Wasn't worried about that guy. But according to sources saying that Conor McGregor had suffered brain trauma in that fight, not big, significant. I have a quote speaking about that. And I quote, Bird's calculation to call a stoppage was likely not based on the size of fatigue, but rather signs of traumatic brain injury. Anxiety or dizziness and loss of balance is one of the hallmarks of conclusion, a type of mild traumatic brain injury 
Fatigue may cause sluggish and slow movements, but does not cause the imbalance of poor condition, exibility, and Conor McGregor in the 10th round being wobbly in the setting of uh, ballistic trauma will always be treated as the result of head trauma and not as fatigue. To let a fighter continue on will be grossly negligent. And I quote, people want to talk about it was early stoppage. Even Connor is actually talking about early stoppage, and he's saying, "Let me, let the man drop me, let the man drop me." You fucking dummy! Bounced off of three ropes. There's only four in the ring. You bounced off three of them, and you didn't throw a punch, and you look stupid, and you got the snot knocked out of you, and you didn't complain when the fight was over. Usually when fights get stopped, you see fighters, like, looking at the ref, like, oh, come on, man, I could keep going. Like, come on, why'd you stop it? Conor McGregor, when that fight was over, he looked like his boy came and picked him up as soon as he was getting his ass whipped and was ready for a shoulder to lean on. Or if his boy had some buckets for his tears. Conor McGregor did not have no kind of, he didn't have no kind of, Problem with the fight being stopped Such as he has a problem with it being stopped After he was outside the ring We all know this When you walk in the ring You might not walk out the same Maybe Connor was thinking that But as soon as he did walk out the ring He was in the would have, could have, should have world Fuck that The would have, should have, could have world don't exist If you wait, you're late Football analogy I got from when I used to be on the gridiron and being more dirt than cleats. If you wait, you're late. Conor McGregor, I really do hope the guy is in good spirits, which I'm sure he is, making all the money that he made. But I hope later on down the road, he don't turn into a Jim McMahon type character and is planning on going to the grocery store and then wonders why he's in his car before he leaves. His little hands. His little head, brittle hands. This is boxing, man. Dudes are trained killers with those things attached on their wrists, wrapped around which are considered little baseball bats inside of gloves. You think those little four-ounce gloves you got in UFC, my man? You ain't got no power when it comes to this sport. Give you credit. You got balls to come in here and try it and be great. Against one of the one of the greatest, check the archives on the old show. Uh, one of the best ever, as I called Mayweather. O O T B E instead of T B E. Don't think he is number one, but he is definitely one of the best uh, ever to lace him up. But for Conor McGregor to continuously talk about the fight was stopped early, let him put me on my back. Shout out to Michael Rappaport, my boy also, who I keep in communications with, Mr. White Folks, a.k.a. Bird, talking about Robert Robert Bird should have got a, a bonus check from Conor McGregor for not being punched out the fucking ring and having that image all over social media. The image we have is a snot getting punched out of him from the right hand from Floyd Mayweather. If he would have got... If it would have went to that 11th round, Conor McGregor might have been like Bernard Hopkins outside the ring. 
the way he was wobbling around. He was getting fucked up. Shout out to Hannibal Burris. Smart fan of the sport. Went on the Joe Rogan podcast. And Joe Rogan giving full credit to Conor McGregor talking about, I think he did such a great job. He did better than Manny Pacquiao. He did better than Miguel Cotto. And all this dumb shit. You dumb fuck you, Joe Rogan. The guy who takes multiple medications every day. He's like a fucking guinea pig as much as he takes every day when it comes to medication. Talking about Conor McGregor did better than them because he landed so much more punches than him. If you were a smart fan in the sport of boxing, which I expect everybody to be that listens to the Outsiders of Boxing podcast, we all know that Floyd Mayweather carried this match similar to a WWE match when, let's say, you had Shane McMahon against, uh, you know, um, uh, anybody who was an actual wrestler who would carry the match and make Shane McMahon look like a million bucks. Shane ain't no trained fighter. He's not a trained wrestler, I should say. But that's the same way Conor McGregor is not a trained fighter. But Floyd held off punches in the first three rounds and made him look like he had a chance, made him look good. Floyd is never in no danger, ever, unscathed. And then took care of business when it was time to take care of business. But it just goes to the the narrative of people. I know there's a lot of UFC fans. The pay-per-view supposedly sold $6.5 million. And I really do think that $4.5 would be considered to MMA fans around the world. Just goes to show when it comes to the numbers-wise. Did more than 4.4 with Pacquiao Mayweather. Man, that's big numbers. That is big numbers. I thought that the minimum would be $3 million. I didn't think it passed Maypac because a lot of people uh, that I keep in contact with. But that lets me know I keep in contact with a lot of boxing fans because a lot of real boxing fans are like, I ain't paying for that shit, man, blah, blah, blah. But it just goes to show the world shows the true colors when it comes down to it. And that fight being 6.5 million, mm, big money. Hopefully we can get some more of this MMA versus UFC stuff coming in the future. Tony Bellew spoke on it with a guy named Miko Miracek or something like that, uh, a heavyweight fighter in UFC who uh, wanted to come in the boxing ring and fight. Tony Bellew said he would go in the MMA ring and fight him, or the MMA cage, I'm sorry, the octagon, and fight him over there because it'd be too embarrassing and still beat his ass out there. Maybe we get some more of these sideshow events. But as of what I know right now, the count's 1-0, boxing over MMA. James Tony versus, uh, who is this fucking guy's name? I can't remember. James Tony fought uh, Couture. Randy Couture. Randy Couture, yeah. He fought Randy Couture. That don't mean shit to me. You got a fat James Tony fighting in MMA beyond the last days of his career. That don't mean shit to me. But you got Conor McGregor in his prime. 29 years of age against an old man who hasn't fought in two years and is a lot smaller than you and walked you down and stopped you and gave you brain damage. That's unacceptable. From an MMA standpoint, for boxing, it's expected. (laughs) So... I don't know how you feel about it, Willa, but I figured that that Floyd would stop McGregor, but give him brain damage on top of it. 
just goes to show the levels from that bullshit chicken cage where you take off a man's shoes and throw him in there on some cockfighting shit compared to when you come in the square circle of boxing and put up your dukes and see what you can do with your hands, my man. Yeah, man. Like I always say, we all we all grew up. We all know what it is. When somebody starts to fight and, and and they try to wrestle you down, there that means you're getting them on the hands. You're winning the fight, so they're going. You know, they're going to the to the second tactics. Usually, they break it up. You know, just the hands. Let's see what you got. You know, it's it's hard to fight with your hands and only can block with your hands, and you know, it, it's it, that's tougher. That's a little tougher than these MMA clowns, second rate athletes give people credit for. But they want to mention, you know, only in America, and it seems like a, it's just it's an American thing, and I, I guess it's an Irish thing now, that we give credit to losers. You know, nobody gave that, uh, Cormier, nobody said, oh, you know, Cormier was doing good. Oh, you know, Cormier got paid before he got knocked out. No, Cormier got knocked out. He cried. That's all people. That's all people talk about, right? You know, um, boys get knocked out all the time. Nobody says anything about Pacquiao was doing good in the Marquez fight before he got knocked out. You know, all we know is he got knocked out. Your boy quit, and and and, and all these people are giving him credit, credit that they wouldn't give anybody. You know, people that say shut up and play. You know, sign your contract. You, you sign the contract, play. It's not about the money. All of a sudden, they're hey. You know he he um, he sold, he made a hundred million dollars. He's the winner here. You know everybody turned to, turned to that. Um, Fuck it's, that. Uh, yeah, you know every you know it, it's all it's you know everybody switched sides, switched about what what their what their morals were for some reason. Now they they want to uh, now they want to give him credit because it's about because he made a lot of money, even though Floyd made two, three times more than he did, four times more. But then, you know, we've got people, like you said, I saw Joe Rogan's show. I really don't watch it, but I'll catch, like, the little snippets on YouTube. And I saw him, and I'm like, oh, yeah. are we, are these people, like, they're smart enough to understand that Floyd Mayweather in his prime is a defensive fighter. That guy that fought uh, old man Floyd is not a defensive fighter. So I don't care if Conor McGregor, hit an old-ass Floyd 111, 113 times. He was coming forward. He wasn't doing the same old Floyd that's trying to counterpunch. Yeah, but it doesn't even matter. He wasn't doing the same old uh, Floyd. He wasn't being defensive. Floyd is known as a defensive fighter, and he wasn't being defensive. So I don't don't give a shit how many uh, shots he landed. He was coming straight forward to a guy that y'all said could punch. You know, they've got Joe Rogan also said a, a, a smart thing that he did say is that he might that he might fight Polly Malignaggi over there in Ireland in Dublin. And that would be a great that would be another spectacle. Probably nowhere <laughs> yeah. as big, but that could be you know that might get a eight hundred thousand to one point one point two million of uh, views. It'll do, I think. It'll do and, over a million. And, it'll do over a million. Yeah, and, and Polly Malignaggi will work will work his ass, but uh, you know. But you know, I've got guys. Somebody I uh, I got much respect for Booker T. He does a little show out here. Uh, you know, he sort of he likes. He usually keeps it real when it comes to boxing and, and and MMA. But he picked. He said that McGregor will win. 
you know, I don't think they – it's like these people don't understand that Floyd just came straight forward. You know what I'm saying? It's like he was just coming forward and not throwing any punches. Malinaji's going to box, try not to get hit, and give you give him that work, that easy work. I want that fight because I'm going to pick. And, and Malinaji might be the harder puncher out there, too, when it comes to boxing. You know, <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> Yeah. You know, I – I, I, you know, eight days later, the world, people are, oh, yeah, let me get back to my, my, my original point about America loving losers. This is the only place where traitors and confederates and, and, and racists can get statues and people can show love to an Irishman that just got his ass whooped by a 40-year-old American, and they still show him love. That's only in America. We're supposed to be winning. We're supposed to do all that, but we sure are rooting for losers all the time. This guy's got four losses, um, uh, two losses in the last couple of years. Um, nobody really, you know, I don't know how he's that big of a deal anymore uh, after he got knocked out by old fucking man. You know, when you got ref, uh, you got doctors sitting on the outside saying they think that this could be brain damage that they're watching, you know, that it looked brain damaging, you know, slightly traumatic, whatever that means, slightly traumatic. Man. When you when you got doctors saying that, you know you know you got work by an old ass fucking man. Conor McGregor should shit out, sit down and shut up. Stick to MMA. If you fight Pauli Malinaji, who is going to be a thirty six, thirty seven. I don't know how old he is. He might not even be that old. He's probably my age, thirty five at minimum. Thirty five year old man. You're going to get your ass whooped by a thirty five year old man who can't punch at all. And, and it's going to be embarrassing. So I think he should just stick over there and don't fight any of these, uh, these, that, uh, that young brother with the belt, uh, Woodley, I think his name is. Yeah, you know, I don't think he wants any of that. Just stick to fighting these bums. Stick to fighting Nate Diaz, who it maybe isn't a bum, but he is a bum. We'll say it like that. He isn't a bum, but he is a bum. He's a wrestler. You can stick to fighting these guys, get paid, but leave boxing alone. All you MMG fans, shut the hell up. It's over. Guys fought in their crime. This wasn't this was we let your guy fight in the crime and he got his ass knocked out. Every time a boxer fought uh big time, he got his ass whooped. He was an old ass boxer except for Mercer. We can't forget old ass Mercer whooped somebody's ass and he was probably fifty five years old. So at the end of the day, I don't want to hear it. It's over. Eight days later, let it rest. All you uh all you naysayers, all you um, supremacists, you lost one. Get over it. Let's move on. On to the next one. Your, your next boy's going down, uh, Guinea uh, Golovkin. And then hopefully at the end of the year, they will all three of them will be wiped out, Kovalev, Golovkin, and Lomachenko. And that's what I'm asking for for this year, for Christmas. Let's wipe out all the white hype. Foreign white hypes. Remember, key word, foreign white hypes. Let's knock them all out one by one. Kovalev <laughs> goes down. Canelo takes down Triple G. Then Rigandow takes out Lomachenko. Three-headed monster. It's gone. And that's what I'm asking for for Christmas, RC. My man, my man. Just to add on there, I looked up right now. Pauli Malinazzi is 36 years old, and I and I echo the sentiments that you speak on, that I think Malinazzi will beat the shit out of Conor McGregor. Will he knock him out? Maybe. 
if he's definitely suffering some brain trauma right now, yeah, maybe. Maybe Polly will knock his ass out. So um, we'll see. Uh, if that fight does happen, it seems like it's one. Of, it's on the list of uh, what Conor McGregor's next possibilities are. I know Nate Diaz on top of that. You want to be saying that he's not a bum or he is a bum. Let's be honest. He's a bum when it comes down to it. He fights like some of those guys that I see fighting at the bar who just kind of size a dude up and, and uh, pick their pants up while they're getting ready to squabble for about a maximum of two minutes. Um, Conor McGregor is in a dark place right now, but he's got a lot of money. So what he does next, we'll see what's going down. But I'll tell you what, man, if he does fight Paulie Malignaggi, you will definitely get my pay-per-view money worthy of it because I want to see that happen. Let's, like I said, let's keep this sideshow going with boxers in MMA. Nico Mirachet, whatever the fuck his name is, trying to fight Tony Bellew. I forget, I forget the other bum's name. Uh, angry MMA fighter who wants to fight Adrian Bronner. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going, man. We could, we could both get money together when it comes to the two combat sports. But, um, yeah, man, it is what it is. Um, I'm down with seeing what you're talking about. Lomachenko getting that work. Golovkin getting that work. Kovalev got that work. And we all know how buddy-buddy Golovkin and Kovalev are. If, Kov- if, if Golovkin loses this fight coming up, well, we will preview next Sunday the Golovkin-Canelo supremacy fight. If he loses this fight... I will be on record for saying that Golovkin is the most overrated fighter in boxing history, the most overrated fighter in boxing history, because in his first step-up fight against Danny Jacobs, he got hurt. I believe he lost that fight. He got his ribs barbecued. And if he loses his fight to Canelo, most overrated fighter in boxing history, the most overrated fighter in boxing history. Canelo, Canelo. Oh, yeah. Hey, Willie, you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to get that, uh, that uh, uh, Mexican playlist ready for next week, or not next week, but the week after, either or. You, I know you got that uh, on the uh, on the MP3. You're gonna have your. Uh, I remember you came on the old show with the the hype music that you had after he knocked out James Kirkland. Uh, the Canelo hype train might be picking up some big speed right now because if you asked about this fight a year ago. Two years ago, three years ago, Golovkin killed Canelo. But the way he looked in his first step-up fight against Danny Jacobs, I'm leaning towards the Mexican flag. And let's not get anything twisted. I know I might say a few things here and there for shits and giggles. I love Mexican people. may not love the selective food choices that they have out here, but I love Mexican people. Mexican people are good people to me out here. They might be... Stupid idiots when it comes to boxing predictions, but they're they're good people nonetheless. But um, you know, coming up towards the end of the show right now, we have uh, the Canelo Triple G Supremacy Preview coming up. Also, with some more things coming up, we will definitely touch on. But this is a good week for the Outsiders of Boxing podcast. A good day, good call. Love the call. Love the call, man. That was some good shit that he brought up about the Loma Rigo fight. And, uh, man, I can't wait to touch on it next week, man. Um, any final thoughts you got heading into the the preview week towards the end of the week with the Canelo-Golovkin fight coming up, Willa? Oh, no, just some last-minute things. Your boy uh, Margarito got the, uh, got a controversial win against some up-bomb Carson 
on uh you know the Mexican channel. Uh, he got yeah. bloodied up early, got the win. I saw it. It was a slugfest, so pretty good fight. And uh, I think Chocolatito is fighting like the third fight on the card um, uh, next weekend. So Monroe, so yeah. I think he's fighting. Yeah, he's fighting a, a old home slice baby Pacquiao, I believe, next week. So that yep. should be a good fight. Yep. And uh, we're gonna be honest. Really, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I probably got. I probably who I don't really care. Hopefully, Chocolate Tito wins this one, but he doesn't get back on the pound for pound list at all. And yeah, good point. Good fight coming up with uh, Chocolate Chocolate Tito on Sunday, yeah. right? And uh, we'll fucking uh, we'll touch on that shit coming up, man. But um, just to wrap up the show, man, it's been a good day. All that good stuff. We will definitely be covering the fights coming up, and. Um, you know, appreciate it from the fans, man. Appreciate it from the fans. Like we mentioned a couple names on the fan page. And uh, keep it coming because we ain't going nowhere. So uh, this is the Outsiders of Boxing Podcast. We'll be touching on you with the supremacy fight coming up in two weeks, wrapping up whatever happens this week. And we're glad to be here, man. We will be back to you all sooner rather than later. Speaking for Will of the King. RC from Central California, the 2015 reigning correspondent, Rookie of the Year. We are the Outsiders of Boxing Podcast, and we are out. Mom, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.